Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Agents of Change and Environmental Justice podcast brought to you by the George Washington Milken Institute School of Public Health and Environmental Health News at ehn.org. I'm Brian Binkowski, Senior Editor at Environmental Health News and the Editor of Agents of Change, and I am just in and out today. As I said, this is a bonus podcast. That's right. Dr. Yoshida Ornelis Van Horn, a postdoctoral research fellow at USC, Agents of Change alumni, and now part of our leadership team as Assistant Director of Fellow Engagement and Curriculum Development, joined our founder and leader, Dr. Ami Zoda, to talk about Netflix's latest TV series, The Chair. That's right, we're talking TV today, folks, and its relevance to conversations about diversity and academia. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You can find us at Agents of Change in Environmental Justice. And please follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, where you can listen to this and all past episodes. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Yoshi. And today we're going to do a, something a little different on the Agents of Change and Environmental Justice podcast. Um, we're actually going to have a conversation and share our views on the latest um, Netflix series, The Chair, um, which is definitely um, has created a lot of buzz, at least in the academic world. So Yoshi, you know, why don't we provide, I think it might be helpful also just to provide a little context on um, how this podcast came about. Uh, both Yoshi and I binge-watched binge this series this weekend, and we both found ourselves on Twitter talking about it. Yeah, so um, I had bookmarked this series when I first heard about it, I don't know, a few months ago, and then... Um, I saw Sandra O oh was actually trending on Twitter. And then I was like, oh, Sandra O oh is, is, is trending. And then I realized it because the, the, the show The Chair had just released. And so even though it was like Friday evening, way past you know my usual uh, bedtime, I'm like, yeah, I got to binge watch the show right now. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up watching the first two episodes on that Friday night. And then, you know, Saturday morning, um, binge watch the rest which i'm really upset that there's only six six episodes um so it's only about i think it amounts to like three hours of total of viewing time uh but yeah i've so i enjoyed it i'm gonna probably rewatch it with some of my non-academic friends i actually watched it with a well, i didn't mean to but my sister was here visiting so she watched episodes three to six with me and her uh question throughout the thing was um are you sure you want to be a professor <laughs> so that might just speak <laughs> that might just speak to you know what others kind of view our world <laughs> yeah no i i agree it was a uh, very easy to watch well i wouldn't say it was easy to watch um it definitely stirred up a lot of different emotions but uh you know when the episode ended it was very easy to just keep uh, going on to the next episode and, and, and the next episode, you know. Um, I mean, I I think overall, I found it really entertaining um, while also 
um, really kind of, you know, not shying away from some very real contemporary issues that are alive in academia. And um, of course, I really appreciated seeing an Asian American woman in the um, in the role of, you know, department chair, because uh, being an Asian American myself, it is so rare to um, to to empathize with the, you know, the main character like I was um, in this case. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, before we get into like the me aim in a, you know, more, uh, <laughs> more review of the, the shows, I kind of want to start off on like lighthearted notes and, uh, you know, just from like, at least my perspective. So I want to, you know, for those that may not be familiar, I am not uh, a tenure professor. I am not on a tenure track career yet. Um, hope to be one day. I'm a postdoc, uh, which they actually, I don't think in the show they show any postdocs or mention what a postdoc is. Um, so a postdoc is, you know, someone, once you have your PhD, usually the academic world is you need a little bit more training uh, before you can, you know, hopefully go on a tenure track job, which is what uh, Yaz in the show is. She plays um, a, a assistant professor. Um, so she's in what we call the tenure track job. And so overall for the show, I thought it was very, at least from like that student perspective and um, I think Lila is a PhD student that she's going through her dissertation. It was very real for me <laughs> for some of the things. So particularly where, where Lila, um, you know, her, her, I think Bill in the show is supposed to be her dissertation advisor. And he was like, I'll get to your dissertation chapter. And she's like, okay. And, and like, God knows how long he's had it. Like, it's just probably had it for like a year or more. And this poor girl, you know, I can definitely empathize of like, okay, you're just waiting for edits from someone and you're, you know, either be your chair, your committee, and you're hoping that they'll like release it soon so that you can hopefully move on to the next stage. And then the other ones are, um, uh, I think there's like a couple of funny scenes in there that, you know, I know that I think they're, probably there to kind of poke fun of this whole like technology divide within generations but it definitely have seen it happen in the classrooms right so one of the older professors in the department um elliot he like can't make copies and he's struggling to make copies in the copier and then one of the the um the younger professor yaz has to assist them and i think yaz is probably you know we're probably close in age and i just thought that was like a very real portrayal of us being in a classroom and, you know, your older professor, elder professors not being able to work with the technology. So I thought that was like, oh, yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, I I really, um, I laughed a lot while watching this. And, uh, you know, as the, as the parent of a six-year-old daughter, you know, the portrayal of Juhi, um, you know, Ji Yoon's uh, daughter, I thought was both endearing and also really hilarious. Like um, the way she treated her babysitters was, uh, <laughs> and how she one by one found very, very clever ways <laughs> to uh, make her babysitters flee, uh, I thought was, um, was uh, you know, I could, I could really see that happening. Um, and, um, you know, I think uh, the way she gave her mom sometimes a hard time um, also, you know, kind of hit close to home. Um, and the other thing that I thought was really funny, I thought they did a really good job of using physical humor 
You know, like from the very first scene where Sandro walks into this grand office, right? And it's, you know, she has a view and, you know, couches and it's kind of majestic. And then she sits in the chair and the chair's, you know, kind of broken, right? And it's almost like, um, like almost foreshadowing kind of what she stepped into, you know? Um, so I really appreciated their their physical humor or the time when Elliot was like, well, how do you know I'm not still in my heyday? And then he he throws his hat and it totally just like, you know, misses the hat stand. Completely, you know? <laughs> I forgot about the, the hat thing, but, but yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, you know, I know one of the other things we've talked about is in addition to the humor is just the um, visual aesthetics, right? Especially the attention to fashion. Yes, which is one of my, uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a fashion fashionista, but I definitely do enjoy clothes um, and accessorizing. <laughs> but I thought the use of, of clothing, uh, you know, I'm not by any means a... Um, like a fashion critic or a, a film producer talk about scenery or anything like that. But I thought they made a really good job. One of the things like I was noticing was that when they had, um, you know, just Yaz's clothing and how she was styled, I feel like that is a very, um, like I do see women in academia, especially at that like assistant professor level. That's at least how I'm used to seeing them dress. And it's very fashion. Like she looks very clean fitted. Um, like she had bright colors. Like I remember she was wearing this like pink sweater and all the older, older professors in there, um, you know, they're wearing plaid and blazers. And the only time you see Yaz wearing blazers, which, which I mean, I may be wrong, but if I recall is when she's actually in the classroom lecturing her students and she's wearing, mm. she's not wearing, it's not mm. colors. It's black, they're black blazers. Um, so it's just solid print um, in them. And so I, I wasn't sure if that's, you know, because, yeah, I mean, not really into much into it, but I wasn't sure if that was, you know, the show just trying to differentiate, okay, she's in that classroom, you know, she's in charge, um, in, you know, this is her in her space, and then outside of that space, her not her not really dressing like the other professors, like maybe even a way more to differentiate how she was the only, um, you know, Black woman in that department um, who wasn't, doesn't even have tenure yet. Right. So she's just barely going through tenure. And so you can very, see her very much in like that clothing that she's wearing. Um, and then, you know, there's two particular scenes that I remember. One was that when she's at this dinner party uh, and she's wearing this, well, I thought it was a beautiful dress. And then the professor Elliot makes this like comment on her clothes. Like, I don't know, to me, it kind of sounded like he, you know, it's, he wanted to give her a compliment, but it wasn't a very good compliment, in my opinion. It was very much like, oh, it looks like something you made. Like, this is, this isn't, this isn't, you know, appropriate attire. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into his voice, but that's how I felt. And I thought that dress was, I really liked that dress. I ended up looking it up, found out <laughs> that they actually sell it <laughs> at Nordstrom. <laughs> so if anyone's curious, you can get it <laughs> at Nordstrom. The brand is Ted Baker and it's about, uh, it retails for about $159 US dollars. <laughs> and then the other one that I was like, oh, I want to know, um, you know, in the scene is when she confronts, um, uh, um, uh, Chandra O's character um, right after she like discovers you know like her, her review of her tenure and she's confronting her and saying like you know I can't really be open about what I say because I'm not tenured and she's like no please be open and that's when she's like these are the facts and in that scene she's wearing um, this like striped black 
brown shirt and then this black leather jacket which i am personally very a fan of because i also own a black leather jacket um and i've actually <laughs> taken it to a few conferences to present at um you know to be like you know what i'm not gonna be one of those people wearing a blazer so here's my black leather jacket so i thought those scenes were very much like you know she had like this her own her own flair um which i wouldn't not that i wouldn't say the other professors don't but there seems to be more mix and um, or more of the same, um, you know, that plaid blazers, what you kind of think of in the either not necessarily English department, but just academia overall. Yeah, I thought, you know, kind of to add to what you're saying, um, I thought the way Yaz presented herself in this show, like she was very much, you know, coming into the workplace, coming into the academy as her authentic self. She, you know, she wasn't trying to uh, be somebody she wasn't, um, you know, I, I, I loved that, you know, she wore her hair naturally, right, and, you know, did really, you know, kind of creative and different hairstyles kind of throughout the shows too, with the big hoop earrings. So really kind of, um, you know, reclaiming academia as, as her space. And it's interesting what you brought up about the blazer, because it's almost like she was, some, you know, she, she wanted to dress up for the students more than she did uh, for the professors. But, you know, just to contrast that, it's like, in some ways, Yas is this very confident, uh, brilliant, you know, kind of cutting edge uh, professor who has this ability to connect with the students and meet them where they're at. And yet, you know, she also, you know, is really you know, self-conscious and understandably about the tenure process, you know, to the point where she is, you know, she hesitates to even drink a glass of wine, right, um, at that departmental party because she's worried about being judged. And um, and so, you know, I think that like even just like that, like that, you know, in one hand, she's not afraid to show up the way that is authentic to her. But on the other hand, she still holds many of those anxieties that I think a lot of us can relate to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so why don't we... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, on that note, why don't we, you know, authentic self, I definitely feeling that why don't we transition into some of the, uh, uh you know, where some of the more like other topics, uh, topics I think we were talking about, um, I, di I did see, you know, this show also were some of the topics it touched on. It was very real. And I don't want to say I was um, angered by them, but I, I definitely felt like, oh, my God, like this is a little bit of what I've gone, gone through or felt of in spaces. Um, and so it. it you know, when um, I think they did a, like, a, a, well, actually one scene in particular I'm recalling right now um, in one of the few episodes, like when a, the student goes up to, to, um, um, uh, to, to uh, and she's like trying to sign a petition, right? And she's like, can I, um, it's to save ethnic studies and it'd be great if we have fac faculty of color. And so then she signs. Um, I, I, you know, that's definitely very of the times, like there's been all this talk about trying to save ethnic studies, like even me from coming from Arizona, that was like a huge thing. Um, and our state, um, the, um, the, the state trying to remove um, ethnic studies from the high school curriculum. 
And so to see that portrayed in the show, I was like, okay, they, they know, um, you know, these issues on like fights on critical race theorem and all these other conversations that are going on. Um, and then I think another scene um, that we, we've been talking about or, or these themes that we've been talking about is, um, you know, things that not necessarily, uh, they haven't been explored elsewhere. Right. So this, this whole thing of, um, uh, of um, like, for example, I think I had a question about, you know, is this scene realistic on when they're voting Sandra O's character out? Um, and so, you know, Ami, you've, you've, you've been in faculty meetings. I haven't been in faculty meetings. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to get your perspective on like, is that that scene made me very angry. They're like voting her. And I was very upset. And I was like, oh my God, are you seriously just going to like try to overthrow her? Um, so yeah, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, so I think they took a lot of creative liberties with kind of how, um, what academic governance looks like, you know, and what faculty governance looks like. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is a TV show, right? It's not a documentary. But, uh, you know, from, you know, my experience, you know, faculty, even with a vote of no confidence, could not just, you know, push somebody out of a department chair role. I mean, they could do a vote of no confidence and that would really, you know, kind of give a signal that we don't, we don't have confidence in your leadership. Um, and that could kind of handicap somebody, but they couldn't just with one vote, you know, kind of change their chair without the provost or the dean being involved. Uh, but I mean, I think, you know, the, the ethos and the essence I think they did kind of hit on something very real that people can be set up to fail um, in leadership positions, right? Which in some ways it felt like, um, you know, Ji-Yoon, um, Sandro's character Ji-Yoon was kind of set up to, you know, she has this line where she says, um, you know, I feel like someone handed me a ticking time bomb because they wanted to make sure a woman was holding it when it explodes, right? And so it felt like in some ways she was the chair or the leader of this department, but it really, she didn't really have very much, uh, you know, discretion or power or leadership and people were almost just... Um, you know, they put her there because it looked good to have a woman of color in the position of the chair, but they didn't actually want her to lead in decision making. They just wanted her to agree with, you know, like the dean just wanted her to agree with what what he was doing, you know. So, I mean, I think there were there were times when, you know, they took some creative liberties, but um you know, you could see how if the faculty decided to to do a vote of no confidence, uh, that that would definitely have repercussions. Um, I, I've never had that experience. I, I have heard of, um, you know, faculty doing votes of no confidence on their presidents. When I was at Harvard as a graduate student, um, that actually happened with uh, Larry Summers when he was president. So, um, I did kind of get that that view um, as a student, but um, I, I haven't actually gone through anything like that um, as a faculty member. Yeah, I mean, well, I haven't gone through it as a, a student or <laughs> faculty member either. And yeah, that, you know, especially that quote you brought up, um, I think 
at least, you know, hearing her is very real. And I feel like that is kind of, you know, at least from what, how I see right now, the academic landscape, right? There were so many calls um, and there continue to be calls for people to lead um, diversity and um inclusive excellence uh, committees or be the, you know, either the vice, the vice uh, provost or be the director or be the faculty that's going to be in charge of these initiatives at different campuses. And, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of this very, you know, like academia has this thing of like, okay, we're going to form a committee and we're going to form a task group. And that's really where most, in my opinion, initiatives have gone to die. Right. They're like, think just because we have this committee or the small group of work people, we're going to actually change or they're going to change something. But really, they've, at least in my uh, my experience, they've kind of been more or less serve this purpose of like, well, they're in charge. So if you have any questions or complaints, that's where you go and file them. Um, and, and it's it's very, you know, it's it sucks because at least for me as a student. Um, or have, having been a student recently and having been in multiple of those committees that we were trying to enact change, that's really how we felt like the administration was treating us. Like, you know, we're just going to wait for you to graduate. Um, committees will change. Uh, we'll have new students and we'll just start all over. And our position will be like, we've never heard any of these issues. Like, we don't know what you're talking about. Um, and it's very you know, it's, it's gaslighting because we know it's been happening. It just didn't happen this, this year. It didn't happen last year. It's been happening for decades and students have continued to call for these changes um, and, you know, trying to get faculty support um, and staff support across the universities or, you know, just across the nation in different groups. And so at least from that, when she was talking about the ticking time bomb, like I felt that I'm like this, this past year more than ever, I've actually seen, you know, I think universities come at this crossroads of like, all right, we're either going to change or, you know, our enrollment's probably going to keep going down and we have to change because if not, our enrollment's going to go down. <laughs> it seems to, seems to be the way of like getting things done. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, th this idea of the glass cliff, it's also something that isn't unique to uh, academia. So, um, you know, this term of kind of putting in women or people of color in leadership positions as kind of a company or an entity is kind of on a downward trajectory. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's been seen in the private sector too, right? With kind of when women CEOs are elected. And, um, and so it's almost like they're, you know, kind of set up for failure. Um, but we, you know, we've talked a lot about Yaz in uh, June. Um, why don't we turn to talking about some of the white characters? Um, so uh, why don't we start by talking about kind of white feminist allyship and how that kind of, you know, showed up in, in, in this show? Right. So I think one of the characters that I want to bring up in this is, is uh, Joan. Uh, right. So she's also she's um, one of the only other women in the department. She's been there, I think she said 32 years. And it wasn't clear if she was a, like not that it matters in, in this, you know, for this conversation. But I wasn't sure if she was an associate or full because there was a, a thing where she mentioned, like, I haven't gone up to four. I never went up to four or something like that. But um, so, so Joan and, and, and part of her storyline is that she gets moved, um, she's the only woman at that rank that gets moved to like the basement, right? And she's like, okay, you didn't move any of the other men. This is clearly, you know, more or less, this is sexist and it's in violation of Title IX. 
And um, so she brings it up to um, Ji Yoon, who's like, don't worry, we're going to fight this. Like, I'll make the complaint. I'll be there for you. Other things happen, and she doesn't actually end up being for her, <laughs> being there for her, which, um, you know, we'll get to in a, a moment about power. Um, and so in there, Joan talks about, you know, how, how back in her day, she th- accepted this position and was paid a lot less than the men. Um, you know, so again, more sexism and this this uh, disparity pay um, when it comes to uh, these positions. And then she always she also talks about how she was made to do all the service. And the response she gets from like the interviewer who's like taking her case is like, oh, those are very well documented cases. And to me, it, it you know, I, I don't know, I kind of felt Joan like she she wanted to be heard by someone else other than the person that was interviewing so she was you could see she was upset and rightfully so because okay yeah you admitted that that was wrong and this is wrong but I want to hear it from from people that made those decisions like I feel like she probably wants an apology that she's never going to get of, of the administration and the university saying like sorry we, we did you wrong and now we stuck you in this basement um but I think also from that it, it's um and I know you're a lot more familiar with this topic Ami is inner intersectionality right so even though joan is like okay probably in her day like making it for um you know let's uh women in academia like let's try to get um you know equity in this i didn't feel like she was um or, or and maybe they'll explore this in later seasons like she wasn't really like there or it didn't seem like she was being an ally for other things right like yeah it's like mm. women in academia um you know what is it you're a woman in academia but what about women of color in academia like those intersecting groups like i didn't feel um like she was you know even voicing her 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 support for her but again i mean it is it is still a short season so i don't know if they'll explore that later but i feel like that was something that was missing and it's a combo that comes up and this like white feminist ally like they're there and and these women have that have been leading at least like a lot of the environmental movements you know they're there and they're like okay well we want to be treated as equally as the men but it's their groups usually haven't been as um you know a driving force for uh people of color um or these other um marginalized groups to join that conversation mm-hmm. yeah because so, you know, they can often be so focused on their own lack of power in a situation that, you know, the, you know, like in the case of Joan, right? She was so focused on her own situation that she, um, you know, seemed to lack empathy for the other things that were going on in the department, especially as it relates to Yas, Right. And then there was the situation too, right, with Elliot, and um, who is, you know, overseeing Yaz's uh, tenure portfolio. And there too, you know, they took some creative liberties around kind of how much power this one individual would have over, you know, a, a tenure, um, a tenure case. Although, you know, influential people can definitely make or break someone's tenure process. So, uh, you know, I think the spirit is there, even if the logistics you know, uh, may vary, but, uh, you know, when he's talking to his wife and, you know, he, you can tell he still holds some bitterness about, right. His wife not getting tenure because she, um, assumed more of the familial responsibilities, right. And how he somehow is, uh, projecting that onto Yas's situation. Um, almost like, well, everyone who deserves tenure doesn't get it. 
Right. And that, 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 uh, that scene with, uh, when he's talking about his wife, right? Like he could have, at least watching it, I'm like, okay, Elliot, you probably could have, like, it wasn't completely like everyone's like, why didn't you take more responsibilities for your wife too? Right. Like, why didn't you maybe offer, like, I don't know their whole relationship, but at least the wife was like, I had someone had to take care of the kids, you know, almost like implying like Elliot probably wasn't going to do it. (laughs) And so still, right. It like most of the time, um, you know, whether it's academia or outside, it is women who end up having to take more of those roles of being the caregiver um, and, you know, responsible for family relations. And so at least in that one, I was like, okay, I feel for the wife and your situation. Um, But also, couldn't you have lent a little bit more hand? I don't know. I don't know the whole backstory, but that was, that was one thought that that popped into my mind when I watched that scene. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it felt like the attitude is like, oh, well, the system was hard for us. So we're not going to try to improve the system for others. It's just going to, you know, kind of like I had to endure the hardship. So do you, right? Um, So no, no conversation on this can, can be complete without talking about Bill and the student protest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because, wow, like it, yeah, that, that escalated. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go after you, you go on me and explain <laughs> the bill situation. <laughs> well, you know, I, um, I think where the show succeeded is they really made you feel conflicted about Bill. Right. Um, I mean, he was, I mean, he is this privileged white male who was kind of, you know, like relying on the fact that he, had tenure, right? That, and, you know, the kind of the combination between his social positionality, his, you know, kind of status in the university, his popularity, like all of these things were a form of immunity to any kind of consequence, right? Uh, But on the other hand, he's also just a very likable person. He's clearly having a hard time since his wife died. He is compassionate and empathetic and, and really, really good with June's daughter, right, who barely anyone can reach. And so you're, you know, kind of as the, as the watch, the person watching it, you, you're kind of like a little bit torn between these, right, these two camps, right? Um, and I mean, I think, you know, probably that that situation got, you know, blown out of proportion, right? But, th- but that happens in the days of social media. And, it was his kind of privilege, right? It was because he was privileged that he didn't really take it seriously, right? And I mean, I think ultimately that just backfired on him, right? Because he has kind of, I think he's a bit out of step with where his students and kind of campus life is on on kind of, you know, students advocating for for what they need for what they want and what is unacceptable in a classroom setting. No, absolutely. And I think, um, especially watching uh, when they're in the, like outside in the, in the yard scene, one of the students, one of the students sees the, the Dean passing and she's like, Oh, so happy you showed up. Where were you for our racial justice um, panel or roundtable?" And honestly, I, I, I felt that. And so in that moment, it really wasn't, like to me they, they yes they were purchasing bill um but they're also i think 
you know, protesting the system at large. Like, why are you, you know, where have this faculty been? They haven't been support. They haven't been supportive of the students and their needs. And there's all these things going on. And this to them, I feel like it was probably just like the last straw. Like, okay, we have this professor that probably hasn't been showing up last semester. It seems like, and yes, he's having a hard time. And then he shows up and does this to class. Like, you know, to them, I think it was just like, the last straw, like, okay, this is the final install, like, we want, we are want our voices to be heard, and, and that demonstration, um, and them being out there, um, at the same time, I do think, you know, at least now, having graduated, and been, you know, kind of, kind of looking back at things that we would have, like, asked our administration, um, I think definitely having more, um, you know, like, united front, and, like, these are our actual ask, and our wants, um, gets a lot further, um, because there are, you know, tangible steps that, you know, the students have, the milestones that they have, the goals that they have, instead of in this case where I don't necessarily, well, I think the students were calling for maybe his dismissal. Um, I, I know they said, like, you know, um, it, it, or at least in there, it seemed like they they were calling for a dismissal, but we didn't really get to hear their conversations, you know, within that group. We only got to hear the conversation of the faculty saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to convene a meeting to like have him fired and, um, you know, whatever, but we don't really actually get to see what other things the students might've wanted um, from this conversation. And, and like, you know, it kind of plays out on the story that they think just because they're going to fire, they're, they're going to fire him um, or release him from his duty, that everything's going to go back that way it was, or that this is going to be the thing that solves all the other issues that may be going on. And it's not right. Like just because they let go of this one person <laughs> who, who more or less, you know, he, 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 it, it wasn't, it wasn't completely like speaking, it wasn't going to change the system, I guess is what we're trying to say, right? Like this one, like going of him or just hiring one more individual, is not going to change the system. Um, and you can kind of see how that plays out in, in the show overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. It was like the, the institution of tenure ver goes head to head with the forces of cancel culture. And in this case, the forces of cancel culture kind of won, right? They, they, they did, right? Um, although he, yeah, well, it was like not to, to give too much away, but it did also sound like Bill was kind of taking like the passive you no know, way out um, to try to like win his way back, um, which, you know, well, I guess it, to be determined in the next seasons coming up to see okay. how that works out. <laughs> okay, so we're, I think we're coming up on, um, up on time. And I, I guess we do have a few spoiler alerts maybe in here that we'll, we'll have to warn people about, but um, any, any last thoughts or, um, you know, uh, yeah. Departing thoughts on this show or where you'd like it to, you know, where do you like it to go or um, you know, what you'd want the writers to know. Uh. I don't know if they'd want to know anything, but, you know, speaking as a current postdoc, I definitely would kind of like to see how that plays out in future seasons. And no, um, I think, you know, ha have other people, uh, you know, if you did watch the show or you haven't watched the show, go watch it. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on it and, you know, get the rest of your family to watch it. Cause at least in my case, my sister watching it, she's like, is this, is this really what goes on? Is, is this what happened? Like, <laughs> and I mean, obviously not, it is a little bit of satire, not everything, but I think it does give um, a fairly realistic uh, idea of what academic, academic life is, um, whether you're in an English department or not. I think they did a really good job um, 
you know, portraying some of the, the, the real happenings that are going on. Yeah, I do too. And I, I just, um, I thought they dealt with kind of like systems of power in a really kind of nuanced and real way, you know, that just kind of like at times just really kind of hit, at least hit me kind of in this like visceral way, right? Which like most shows just kind of, you know, are able to do in 30 minute segments that also make you laugh, right? So, uh, but great tip to watch it with non-academics, right? And then they'll just think like, okay, so you all worked so much. And for this, like, really? <laughs> right. I feel like that. Yeah, that was exactly my sister. She's like, wait, you're working. And, and I think the other thing on the show, because they didn't actually show them, you know, doing more of their research or their prepping for their lectures. That was like the other day. She's like, wait, but when are they working? <laughs> Which I, you know, I think sometimes we feel that way, right? We like have all these things, you know, conferences going on at the same time, reading other people's work, and we're like, okay, this is when are we going to find the hours to actually get my work out? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Yoshi. This was a lot of fun, and um, it's just such a fun show to talk about with other people. So, um, if you listened and you, um, and if you haven't watched the chair, we would recommend it. And, uh, you know, join us on social media and uh, feel free to share your thoughts as well. <laughs>